0: this is Sunday conversations. Uh, this is episode four with Zach Godwin, uh, from sparing. Uh, I wanted to chat with Zach because old dreams just came out a little over a week ago. Uh, so I thought it'd be fun for us to take a deeper dive into the EP, uh, you know, discuss songwriting, the artwork. And then, uh, Zach has, a an interesting, um, perspective on, Emo and pop punk and our youth. And I also share that perspective. So that would be fun to talk with, uh, to for us to talk about that as well. Um, you know, starting sparing and um talk about hardcore as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Zach, can you introduce yourself, give a quick backstory, um, you know, about yourself, what you do, and how you got into hardcore?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, super cool to be on one of these conversations. Um, yeah, my name is Zach Godwin and I currently live in Surf City, North Carolina, which is about 30 minutes from uh, Wilmington, a couple hours from Raleigh. Um, yeah, I live here with my wife, Katie, and I work at, uh, me and my dad run a surf shop um, called 50 South in Surf City. So, uh, you know, surfboards, skateboards, rentals, stuff like that, and a little bit of retail. So, uh, yeah. Play, I uh, do vocals and sparing and all of us are in another band called 13th and I do guitar in that. Um, but yeah, everyone else in the band lives in Raleigh and I kind of make the commute to, uh, to Raleigh to practice and meet up for shows and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, kind of half remote, but put, uh, as much effort in it as I can, uh, from a distance.
0: Yeah. How did, y'all, how did y'all meet? Have y'all known each other for quite a while now? Or?
1: <laughs> yeah, like me and Burge. So uh, Zach Burge, um, everyone calls me Godwin and calls him Burge because we have the same name. But uh, so Burge and me went to high school together. We've known each other forever. And um, me and him have been in bands together pretty much as, as long as I've been in bands. So like when we were both like 15, we were playing like Under style, you know, metalcore stuff together. And you know, progressed into like ghost inside side style hardcore and then kind of split off and then we we uh we've lived together in the past and stuff. So me and Burge are have been best friends since like day one for music. And he's always been my cool. like constant. Um everyone yeah. else in the band, like Terry and Cam, um, they've all been in like bands that we would play with. So um we would just like share the stage together, but never played together uh in a band um until 13th so we uh just kind of got together one day I don't really know who started it I think it was Cam and, and Burge just wanted to like get together and jam and you know one thing led to another and that's how 13th started so um it's been nice. great I mean probably the most like successful like little hardcore band I've been in um we've tried a bunch um Burge has been in more successful ones than that but uh yeah it's just uh it's fun to just play music that you know people like and um hang out with my friends and you know that's all I really look for
0: yeah uh how did I guess how did you become introduced to this type of music um you know that kind of what was your gateway into discovering punk and hardcore
1: yeah it's it's tough to say like what the like origin of it was it's like as far back as I remember like playing guitar you know when you're when you're so young, you kind of get introduced to music in a weird way. It's usually like what your parents listen to or you know what your like your friends listen to so like early on, you know it would be like classic rock stuff, you know like ACDC and you know Led Zeppelin and stuff like that Beatles and it kind of like the more people you meet growing through school, the more you get introduced to things. so like middle school it was more like you want to rebel. So you're listening to like Slipknot and like Cannibal Corpse and like crazy stuff like that. But in high school, I think the first like band that like clicked with me when it came to like hardcore was uh have heart. And I feel like that's like most people's story my age, you know like have heart was like their first like bridge yeah. to like knowing that there's a whole nother uh, world out there. Um, because up until that point, it was like mostly just metal stuff. Um, but have heart really like opened my eyes up to like digging into, okay, what are the influences of what I listen to? And, uh, you know, we would listen to me and my brother would listen to like the misfits and Nirvana and stuff growing up. So like, we always liked punk music, but we didn't know what it really was. You know what I mean? So like, I, I guess like have heart got me into hardcore, but I'd been listening to stuff like that forever. And I just didn't (laughs) know it. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. I, uh, I think I have a similar experience as well. But I'm interested how you came across Half Heart. I think that's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I don't really remember. I think it was more or less I got, um, so Zach Burge, the bass player of uh, of Sparring, uh, he he was uh, he got me into Straight Edge at the time, and I think there was just you didn't have too many Edge bands like in the forefront in the, you know, early or late 2000s, it was like cheesy bands like Recon and like Life Ruiner, And then it was like Have Heart. And that's when I found Bridge Nine and just got obsessed. So it was more like I found the label, like I found Bridge Nine and dug into everything. And like, it was like Have Heart, um, Give Up the Ghost or American Nightmare and Lemuria and like other bands that weren't necessarily heavy, but like, I just started diving into just the the discography of uh, a bridge nine and uh, no one else in in my little town listened to that sort of thing. You know what I mean? So you kind of feel like you're, you're just like experiencing these things for the first time and no one else knows about this. And it just felt special to me. You know what I mean? Um, And I think it just like what stuck with me, about like punk and hardcore, you know, to this day, you know what I mean? Where, as you know, most people like, who was straight into the time might not be anymore, but like I've held on because of like how much it meant to me in those like formative years. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I'm not sure if Bridge Nine gets talked about as much anymore no. um, or is like a a good reference point. And maybe it is. I just haven't heard it in my, like my conversations. Um, But I would say that they are a very important label um, because similar to you, I also, that was kind of my gateway label into discovering Mm. hardcore. Um, Yeah. I think I picked up, I'm trying to remember, like what was that introduction? I think it was at Warp Tour and I think I got like a compilation CD Mm. from them. So I think that, must have been it um i know i for sure got like a half heart cd and a verse cd um like one more tour. like i bought it and i i would like listen to that all the time um but yeah anyway the half heart verse uh defeater um yeah. were like the big three at the time i would say like late defeater was big
1: yeah Defeater yeah, was yeah. definitely big and i like i always forget like how big they really were like uh red white and the blues like that and like the uh traveler stuff like just that was just that took over for me and i think it was just they were still like considered hardcore i don't know if if people would really like see them in that same light but like for me at the time i saw them in in the same vein as like a half hard or uh, a, a band like that i think hardcore has definitely changed a lot since then with like uh, Triple B and stuff kind of being more, it's definitely, I don't know, it's just different now. Oh.
0: Yeah, it, it was a weird time, I would say. I think a lot of people can agree on that. Like the mm-hmm. late 2000s era, um, like, and then starting entering like the early 2010s, where it kind of trapped under ice kind of changed everything from. I think that's, what it, yeah, yeah. I think that's <laughs> what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And yeah, but that the late 2000s period uh, was definitely interesting. And it's kind of cool to look back on that time and see how it's evolved <laughs> since then, and look at it now.
1: Yeah, I think I got into it yeah, a little late. I think like Half Heart was on the way out when I was like really like yeah. get, getting into them for the first time. Yeah. Um. So like the first like vinyl I ever bought was uh the the live record their last one on edge day. Right. So like I've got that was like my first like vinyl purchase yeah and, uh, i still have it and it's awesome this little like carolina carolina blue or something variant but, yeah uh, it's still super special to me so um That's i never funny. got to see them live though which just sucks but um, yeah still an important band to me and like kind of shaped my you know viewpoint on everything now yeah definitely
0: i it's funny that that uh last show uh because same same as you i never saw them um I got into them, I would say around 2010, which was like yeah. just a year after they had broken up. I think their last yeah. show was Edge j like 2009. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They um, played
1: some show in Raleigh, and it was like, hey, yeah. I want you going to that? You going to have a hard show at the brewery? And I'm like, nah, man. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like 16, I can't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, so them. it's funny
0: we we both like just missed them, but they've had like a huge impact on on both yeah. of us, and um. Yeah. So when they came back, you know, a couple of years ago, I made sure I went to go see them and it was like one of the best shows I've experienced. It, Cause I remember watching that last show, like video on YouTube and yeah. I would watch it like a lot when I was like a kid or like a teenager. And I That's was like, man, shot. I wonder how it would have been to be there. And I think I've experienced that, but like times <laughs> like two or like three, because the crowd was like much bigger at like, yeah the reunion shows and it was just so cool to to see um but yeah um i guess going off of uh off of hardcore and have heart and bridge nine and everything um i thought it was gonna be fun to go a little bit deeper on like drive through records which is it sounds kind of funny in contrast but (laughs) also important label (laughs) yeah equally Um, as
1: important to uh yeah definitely sparing for sure
0: yeah, I mean, I was going through, um, going on like interviews and uh, emails uh, with you uh, to make sure that I, wa- I had like a good list of points I wanted to hit. Mm-hmm. And I went back to our first email thread uh, when we started talking, and you had referenced uh, the early November, um, hey, Mercedes and drive through. Mm-hmm. And I, since the beginning, those are like you know a big bands that i wanted sunday drive to kind of um you know have in that style so in the beginning i was yeah. going definitely for like an alternative rock slash emo sound um at the time i started it those bands were like not really happening as far as like sonically yeah. um and so i never had like a band like reference that in my emos, and so Sparring came along and i was like uh, I definitely have to check this out. <laughs> like it's finally happening. finally here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, obviously uh Sunday drive is an early November song. So like, it was like, it was just like really cool for me to like, see that in the emo coming to the SDR email. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, what is it about these bands that inspired sparing? And do you think there's a room for sound um, like this in today's music? given like the sound kind of faded out a while ago.
1: Yeah. No, I definitely think it is. Yeah. I mean, to this day, the best show I've ever been to was, uh, 2010. And it was, uh, a Copeland tour. I don't know if you ever listened to Copeland, but a Copeland tour, but on the tour was, uh, I can make a mess like nobody's business, yeah. which is ACEs band. And it was, uh, um, personnel, uh, which is, uh, the Kenny. starting line yeah kenny's band yeah. and at the time like i didn't really know those guys you know yeah. 2010 <laughs> and uh and they've been around for 10 years at that point i, I never yeah. really knew them as the people i might have heard you know some of their songs before and they blew me away and i just like fell in love with that and it again re changed my how i think about music at that from that point on um but for like going back to uh their bands like it's just the it's just the energy they bring it's different than hardcore it's not as like heavy per se but there's there's just as much aggression and energy in their voice in the guitars even if they're stripped back and like clean it's just they bring that kind of raw feel that you 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 want in in music and you can just like believe in yeah. in what they're saying you know what i mean so Absolutely. like to me it's not like a gimmick you know they, they weren't like at that time like there was a lot of bands that were like just riding the gimmick and myspace and this is like they were just separated differently um and that's just what i wanted to wanted to be you know that's what i just right. i just saw those bands as like a good blueprint for what sparing could be and take influence from, from just like what I know worked at one time, you know what I mean? It might not have been working now um, because kind of like the balancing composure era kind of came in and uh, that this style kind of faded away, but like, there's always that at the root of it, you know what I mean? And you can kind of see it kind of, there's a, I definitely feel a wave coming of this style kind of coming back into the, into the forefront of, of, of punk music. And it's, I'm just kind of here for the ride a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm just ready for it. I just feel like my, my strong suits as a musician, have always been kind of in that lighthearted range and, Mm -hmm. you know, while, while it's hitting, I'm just going to keep going for it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's funny too, that your introduction was um, from that Copeland show, like not Mm -hmm. discovering the early November or starting line first. Yeah. I Can Make a Mess and Personnel, yeah. which are two bands that I wish I could have seen. Um, and I probably, I don't know if I'll ever be able to, but those are like, I really like love both of those projects, uh, especially the, uh, the. I mean, bo- I mean, all of the records I would say, but I have like all the I Can Make a Mess stuff that's available on vinyl. And yeah. I recently got the Personnel yeah. record. Um, I think it just got repressed recently. Yeah, um, so good. But I think that both of those projects are very underrated. Uh, cause it's, you know, it's very much still those like early November starting line type of music, but it's pushed a little bit further than I mm-hmm. guess what, you know, the music that they're writing at the time. I mean, especially personnel, like I remember listening to an interview, uh, with Kenny who he was talking about starting that project cause he, uh, discovered, uh, drive like J and he wanted to start like a very like post hardcore type of like noise band like that, mm-hmm. and the result was like obviously <laughs> really cool. I'm sure that was like cool to see live too.
1: Yeah, I mean going back to listening to it now, no, know, after knowing the Starting Line uh, for the last ten years, yeah, it, it, you can undefinitely tell it as him. You know what I mean? I mean it doesn't sound too far off from a, a mm-hmm. Starting Line record to me. Not the first one, but whichever one has the, uh, the movie, um, movie artwork. On. Oh yeah. Um, that one. And it kind of sounds Based like that a true story. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so like you can still s- tell his, like his musicianship and craftsmanship over those songs, even if it's not, uh, the starting line. same with, yeah. same with Ace. I mean, everything he's in is, <laughs> it's got that sound. I don't know. I wish yeah. I could just take both of those guys <laughs> brains and just like, write some sparing with it
0: yeah i mean there is you know kind of hear this often but like there is something in the water in like new jersey and same can be said in in philly or pennsylvania uh, around that time um but yeah the both of those bands are amazing and i am excited to see other bands start to you know kind of take those influences and um com, you know have them in their music, um, yeah. because I think a lot like I'm not asking for like a rep- a repetition of the sound, but I think some taking that influence and you know going somewhere new with it can be exciting, which I kind of think that's sparing accomplished, and we can yeah. talk about that as well, yeah,
1: I definitely feel there's like there's definitely that sound coming back and it's coming back in like multiple. Um, multiple genres, like you definitely feel this kind of momentum for bands like uh, uh, the new Kenny Hoopla and like uh, Machine Gun Kelly and uh, like Willow Smith. Like that sound is back, but that's more like classic mm-hmm. pop punk, kind of very yeah, Travis Barker yeah. inspired, like Blink sounding. So yeah. I think like if that's happening in pop radio, you know, it's only a matter of time before bands like early November and stuff start sprouting up because they were going against the grain for like fallout boy and stuff that was out at the time then. So right. yeah, I mean, looks promising to me. I'm, I'm excited.
0: <laughs> yeah. Same here. Um, and the, the thing was, um, also with those bands is that they were kind of proud of like emo at the time when they're recording it, because It was, like, right before emo, like, hit and was, like, super mainstream. Like, My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, like, they still were kind of referencing and, like, stuck to, like, that 90s emo sound. Um, Which was, it's just, like, cool to see them, like, stick to their roots. Um, I mean, I think, personally, they should have been, like, mainstream because they're, like, really good. Um, But, yeah, I think it was kind of cool to see them kind of, you know, stay true. to and keep like all of their you know DIY like mm-hmm. punk ethos uh even though they're at a bigger stage um you know at the time for sure um but you know we kind of mentioned um sparing you know taking that influence I thought it was interesting to go back and listen to the demo. Um so I listened to that this morning actually. Um and at the time, I believe it was a solo project, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I think he released that in 2019. So a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, how is it writing those songs and how has it been different, um, you know, going from a solo project to a full band now?
1: Yeah, I mean, that, those songs are um, they're very they're hard for me to listen back to. I still like them, um, but there's they they sound so like. Uh, I could have done so much more, but so like sparing started, yeah, as a solo project and it was really just like a, a project for me to kind of, you know, push myself uh, as a musician. i have never, i had never written a full song all the way through from beginning to end by myself. Um, because I've been in bands with, with, you know, everyone since the beginning, my cat scratching at the door, like I told you, um, <laughs> um and uh, i just wanted to try to like push myself to to write a write a song that was the that was the start of it and my life was way different at the time like i had just um i think i just met my wife and i was uh living like at the beach at an rv like i just had a camper that i had like refurbished and i was living in that and i like had a desk and my music and that was like that was it and when i listen back to those songs i definitely feel that time in my life um yeah but I was, I, you know, when you're like sitting there with the drum machine, which is essentially what I was doing, you don't really know like, okay, does this part need to groove longer? Does this part need to like be shorter? Should I change it up here? You don't get that kind of immediate uh, reaction with a real drummer or someone right. in front of you that, you know, to bounce an idea off of. So like that, that's been like the the number one thing that's helped me with these sparing songs. And Honestly, it hasn't really changed the process hasn't really changed a bunch. I've just maybe have gotten better at doing it the way that I initially was. Um, just because I'm still so far away. So I'm just I, I still write predominantly alone and uh just send voice memos and stuff back and forth. Um yeah. But the, the 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 times that we did get together with the band, some of the parts stuck on the on the new record. I mean, like a part a lead that Terry wrote, that's on the record. He played it one time and I just had it on my phone, like a video of him doing it. He was just riffing and I just, I copied yeah. it and, and I put it on the record. And then um, I was able to change up one spot. I think it was like a chorus. I just completely rewrote it with, with the guys and, and that made it on the record too. So that's the biggest difference between a band and, and just me is just being able to get that, that feedback right away. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Yeah. I, I would say for
0: sure that the having people to reference with anything and not just music, but whatever that you're working on, being able, being able to, you know, go to someone and ask for their feedback and where it can be constructive uh, is like always beneficial. Uh, it's always like nice to have a second set of eyes or in your yeah. case ears.
1: <laughs> yeah. It helps out so much. Like you don't really know how beneficial it is until you're, you know you do it for you play a a new song for the first time in front of someone else and you just hear it totally different yeah exactly um
0: but how i guess for from the the demo to now as far as like recording everything how how are you doing that you know for the demo did you play all that yourself with just like a drum machine and like and then how is it now going i'm assuming y'all went in the studio and like did it all together.
1: Yeah, so the first record um both both the, both the demo and the and the EP we uh went to Jose Gonzalez and um uh, in Sanford. Um me and Jose, we went to high school together. He's a little bit younger than I am and has always been into recording music and i have recorded bands with him throughout the years and he just like got better and better and better and better. And um so the first record is uh, the demo is me and a drum machine, but, um, I played, I, I was, I recorded most of it in the camper, in the RV that I was living in. And then I went to him and we put the, uh, we changed the drum beats together. So it's very simple. Um, and I wish there was live drums on that demo. Um, because I feel like Uh the parts that I think are lacking is just kind of the, the symbols aren't as energetic and, you know, little things that could have been fuller, but that's why it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't a real drum. Um, but the, the old dreams EP, uh, we did it during COVID. So it was January of this year and I went down to Sanford and got an Airbnb and just, uh, hung out with Jose for a week. And so on the record at the time, Burge, our bass player, he got COVID. So like he couldn't be on the record. So on the record, it's just me, um, and Joe, the drummer. And, um, we just, we just, it was just me and Jose grinding every day. I think there's a, (laughs) a a, a video of it and it's like just me, him and his dog. And, uh, we just hung out every day and just kind of pieced the piece thing together. Just tons of layers on the guitars. Um, a lot of fuzz pedal Mm -hmm. and, uh, Joe showed up and just crushed it on the kit. Um, I don't think he had, I think we might've practiced one time together, before and um oh wow we just kind of yeah we he listened to the songs you know but we just kind of we had a day before we were kind of set the kid up and did some pre-pro and we ran through the set and then the next day he just basically one taked it and literally crushed it so joe wow. is the 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 reason why the record sounds as like um as on point as it does it's because the drums are like super yeah cool. great so drummer it, it's a huge thing yeah he's amazing yeah. He played like awesome. black metal and crazy tech death stuff. <laughs> so he's like, this is simple to him. Yeah. But I'm excited to see him play these songs live because usually he's blasting and doing something crazy. <laughs> so he's going to have a lot of fun just, you know, sitting back a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll see. I was, I was reading back through the interview you did with uh, resonating. And uh, you mentioned that Lush uh, was like a good first single because of the melody, uh, which I definitely agree with. Um, but you also mentioned, uh, Terry who kind of helps, you know, create that catchiness that you hear in the song, uh, which I also agree on. And I think, um, well for those who don't know, uh, Terry also sings in, in 13th. He's the vocalist of that hardcore band, but how did the initial conversation come up to have Terry sing on the album and, I mean, it's a very different style, you know, going from a hardcore band to this, and he pulls them both off very well. So, like, I'm interested to hear the, you know, how that went.
1: Yeah, I mean, Terry. So he's been in bands uh, forever as well, and one of the bands that he was in while we were like playing um, was a band called Condolences, and he did guitar and vocals and in Condolences, okay. and it's very title fight. It's very like almost rip off title fight of like (laughs) uh (laughs) the or the early records like uh pre-shed and um he just man he just can hit those notes without trying really and i i've been trying to like figure it out um because my voice is more clean kind of like the uh jake from super heaven like the cleaner sounding guy like my Uh voice is closer to his and then terry has like a title fight voice and i was like you know what I'm not going to be able to hit these notes like without blowing my voice out. So I'm going to need something. And uh, so Terry is the one that kind of like filled that spot. And the crazy thing is like, when you listen back to lush him and the chorus, it just kind of like glued it together. And we almost didn't put that there. Like some of these harmonies, he came up with like on the drive, to the studio. You know what I mean? Just like oh, wow. playing, playing the song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every, we wing everything. It's crazy. but So like, yeah, he just showed up and he was like, yeah, I was kind of hearing this. And, he, and then he like hits it I'm like, yeah, that's sick, man. Let's try that. <laughs> so a lot of stuff he just came up with and I just kind of sat there and me and Jose would just produce him on the spot, you know, like, okay, yeah, that sounded good, but can you try this? Or, you know, can you hit it like that instead? And, He's just a pro man. He just again, everyone in the band is like top notch at what they do, so I'm just yeah. lucky that I have musicians that can <laughs> kind of pull pull stuff off when yeah. I didn't have an idea. um that's awesome, but like going forward, it really like opened my eyes to like harmonies because I feel like the spots on old dreams that are like the best are the spots where I have my harmonies, and Terry has his over top of mine, and it just kind of sounds like huge um. And I didn't really think of those things going into the studio day one. So like now, like writing for like the future release, I'm definitely thinking of those things. And like, I'm going to dedicate like proper time to writing harmonies for real. And um, I think that's going to be kind of like the trademark kind of sound is like hitting those things and just kind of building mm-hmm. on top of what I know worked on old dreams. So I'm more excited yeah. for what comes next. I think it's going to be more yeah. dialed into what what we're looking for. So Terry helps out a bunch. He's 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 awesome.
0: Yeah, I that yeah that song is great. Um it caught on um like people's radars like very organically um yeah. as well. Uh, but I think it just kind of speaks to the songwriting on that and like it just it's just catchy. Um, and it was cool to see people, you know, liking that that song.
1: Yeah, it caught me off guard. It really <laughs> did. I mean, I, the, the demo for Sparing, like, I, I, I just didn't push it as hard and I just kind of just let it kind of fade out. But, like, music is so quick and, like, people's attention spans are so, you know, like, they got to get it in and it's almost gone the next day. So I was really surprised that people we're sharing it and like blogs writing about it and stuff like that. Cause I I never expect those things. And it really like, it just, it motivated me more to, to like, okay, no, you, you're making the right decision and people do are into this. You know what I mean? Yeah. You second guess yourself a lot when you're writing, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff, especially from the hardcore world, you know, you're, Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll think of it, when you're writing softer stuff, like I'm gonna get clowned for this, like, <laughs> color, like I, I was like, I know people are gonna hate colorblind, but like, I love it. I'm gonna put it out, and it's like, no, nah, they like it. It's okay. Yeah, like, I, I made the right choice.
0: Yeah, I I know what you mean. You kind of like self-conscious of things being corny. Yeah, uh, which is like, it's so weird <laughs> that that it like exists. Um, but I definitely know what you mean. I'm like always kind of aware of of that, you know, in whatever creative thing I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, which I guess is like a positive and a negative because you're like very self-aware, but sometimes it can be like too much.
1: <laughs> I think you just got to go for it. I think it's yeah. like, don't be afraid. Cause you know, as long as you're into it and like, you're, you know, if you're, if you're not your biggest fan, like no one's going to want to hop on board. So as long as yeah. you push it and you're, you're happy with it, how it sounds, I think people are going to just be into it. Cause you are too. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And, um, I think it's interesting as well, because you mentioned uh, Superheaven earlier, and they have, they went from, I, I guess like an aggressive pop punk alternative type of mm. band on the early, very early stuff. And then they kind of switched to that grunge sound, um, which came on JAR. Mm. Um, but I thought that was a, an interesting reference because you kind of hear some super Heaven um on the songs. And I was interested in your decision to kind of pull from that as well as like, because it's pretty it's a pretty big contrast, you know, looking at super heaven jar stuff to like, <laughs> you know, the starting line, like the early November. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you kind of meshed them pretty well. So I was interested in, interested in like how
1: that came about. I think it was more I didn't in this in the early in the early years of, of sparing like that 2019, the first demo, I was definitely trying to sound like daylight or super heaven. That was kind of like my starting point. Like I bought a bunch of pedals that sounded like them and guitar amps that sounded like, like daylight. And I was really trying to get that sound. Um, so the demo definitely, that's definitely what I was going for. And like atypical is uh was a song that was supposed to be on the demo and it's, I totally reworked it. So, but the intro riff, the really thick riff, was mm-hmm. written in 2019. So, okay. that's why it sounds very, uh, super heaven is because it was written at that time. And, um, I just couldn't get it to work. I was stuck on this like ending that's not even on the song anymore. So, uh, uh that, that's kind of what that is. But I don't, I think I was just kind of trying to find where I wanted sparing to go. You know, I, I love, um, I love super heaven stuff. I love early November stuff. And I wanted to kind of find what I was best at writing songs in. Um, yeah, I, I, I started to hit, I started to kind of hit a wall when it came to writing stuff like super heaven, where I just couldn't come up with something natural. Um, I had played like pop punk bands and stuff in the past. And I just, the first thing that comes to mind is like something like this, like a riff that would you would hear more in a starting line, and not my, my brain wouldn't go to sounding like a, a, a jar riff. And I think it just like, I just didn't know what path I wanted the band to take. And like each day that passed by, the more I kind of understand, you know, okay, this is, this is the the way I want it to go in the future. And it was just kind of working yeah. that out. And it just kind of, okay, the songs kind of have a miss, a mismatch a little bit with like lush versus atypical. Mm-hmm. Um, it works sonically like when you like playing back to back to back but um i think lush was kind of more where i see things going um sonically
0: yeah no that makes sense it's kind of cool to hear that and see how like organic that it was uh within the songwriting process Yeah, but you're definitely right like when you listen back as a listener you don't like it's not jarring mm. so like you hear a difference in the songs but it still works together um so i thought that was since since i heard the ep in the beginning i thought that was kind of cool um mm-hmm. to hear and also um going back to daylight like they kind of transition on that ep um the difference in good and bad dreams yeah um any uh i just like listened to that um recently again and i can kind of hear you know, them going from like the grunge to like and still having that catchiness that they, that daylight like, had in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Not that they didn't get like less catchy or whatever. Yeah. But you can kind of hear like the transition happening. And I kind of heard that in like Atypical, for example.
1: Yeah. I think, I think daylight transitioning into Super Heaven, like they were, they, to me, they kind of sounded like basement and title fight, but that's what was out at the time. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the same, their same like, Uh, roster of bands and uh as they kind of like figured out their sounds and they just built upon what what they were working with so i think it's a very similar situation they just happen to do it on a very bigger scale
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but uh i wanted to also bring this up too because i thought it was really interesting and i remember us talking about it on release day and leading up to it um but the new coil and standstill albums came out around the same, I think it's probably the same month. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And it was just, like, kind of cool to see um, because there seems to be something happening with that Long Island sound yeah. um, coming coming back and all three albums here at the same time, which is, like, perfect, like, summer music. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to get, like, your thoughts on, like, on that. And, like, I, I feel like it just kind of all happened, like, very... Surprisingly or like natural, I don't know where it came from,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. I mean, so i I guess I have mutual friends with the uh, the Koyo guys um just through like other hardcore uh, avenues. I've never met them before, so like our first show is gotta be with them and i'm I'm really excited about that, and uh Thirteenth is actually playing with standstill in October, so like that's gonna be awesome to kind of like meet up with with them as well. Yeah, um, but no, it's definitely cool to cool to see. I mean, they are they are a, definitely a harder sound than us. I mean, I think some of that's just kind of they knew what they were going for at first, and like I didn't really know yet, and um, I was kind of afraid to uh, to go all in with certain aspects of of sparing. Like you get kind of nervous that you go you go like full into like a pop punk sound or like an aggressive. Um, not hardcore sound basically again what we said earlier if if you're going to get kind of like pushed away from from you know or like ostracized basically from the scene of sorts and like seeing Koyo and Standstill really take off and be like accepted by the hardcore community really like makes me feel motivated to like put out something even better next you know what I mean so like Mm -hmm. if anything I think it's great for the scene and great for hardcore but you know, like thinking back, that's kind of how it's always been. I mean, yeah, you had bands like in the '90s, like H2O and Shelter, and you know, bands that were very hardcore adjacent. I mean, you've got you know Youth of Today connections with uh with Shelter, and it's that sound is to me that's as pop punk and hardcore as it gets. You know, H2O record sounds like both to me, and mm-hmm. um Koyo and Standstill, and then like the new sparing stuff. It's just a, an extension of What's always been there? Um, yeah, that's
0: that's a good reference point, I think. I mean, yeah. also like CIV. Um,
1: yeah, CIV too, Yeah,
0: as well. But uh, yeah, I, it's funny because uh, my friends and I kind of have this joke: like, all oh, the best pop punk is usually from hardcore kids. <laughs> like, at least like our yeah. favorite um, stuff, like like the movie Life or uh, Taking Back Sunday. You know, um, yeah. later Crime and Stereo, um, and I don't know why that is um but it it always like works even though the two sounds sonically are pretty different but at the same time they're like are pretty similar i mean like i i I guess i guess i would kind of credit lifetime for that to kind of like blending that sound initially sure and um but anyway yeah it's just always kind of cool to see hard kids making or taking a different avenue and like yeah. making like catchy pop punk music
1: <laughs> yeah it's hard to say kind of because like whenever i was super young like uh middle school that's kind of when um uh, fallout boys started getting on the scene, So like sugar were going down or whatever uh and i was I, I remember early i was like how did these guys get into playing this music like how because yeah. they've got tattoos and they look like punk and i'm like how did they transition from like hardcore to this and I I was like not hard these hardcore kids are writing dance dance and it didn't really make any sense to me and then whenever I was in high school and I did the same exact thing I was like oh yeah I I see I see (laughs) like okay yeah I understand it's a natural progression it's like you just want to play hardcore you want to write music with your friends and it just kind of like I don't know It, it, it definitely is weird but yeah, they did it and now they're playing Super Bowls. And <laughs> <so> <laughs> definitely the hardcore kids are are writing the best pop punk. And definitely. Because the ones that do, it just sounds more genuine. And, uh, yeah, like even, um, like set your goals or something, like that's kind of got a hardcore sound to it as well. And, you know, or, uh, Newfound Glory, that was yeah. a big one that yeah, I out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the biggest one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess a uh, shy yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a funny kind of gray area though. They just kind of go hand in hand so well. Yeah. And then, and no one seems to really you know,
0: care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I always thought that was like an interesting thing that happened and, and the type of music that I, you know, listen to very often that I began to notice. Um, it's, it's gotta be cool. from like
1: black flag and descendants. It's gotta be. Yeah. You know, they've always been like the heads. roots. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's always been two heads of the same coin. I think it's like the same guys are, are all the same bands and they're doing the same things. And it's just natural. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about going more on like the the artistic um, discussion um, for Lush. You directed that video. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit more about videography. Like, mm-hmm. how did you pick up on that skill? Um, I mean with all of the uh, also along with videography, like all of the social graphics that you've done and like I mean people don't know this, but you made like a press kit when you sent to us. And it was like when I when I landed there, I was like, oh, this is like thoughtfully designed, like everything is you know where it needs to be and stuff. So I guess more of like design slash video slash art and everything, like how how did that come to you and like what is your background with that?
1: I think it come it came more out of like necessity. Um like I've always been very like DIY minded. Like I want to do things myself and and uh I I kind of pride myself on on doing things like without paying someone. And you, obviously you can't do everything, but you know I mean mm-hmm. I think it it started like graphic design stuff it started as far back as like my space, I mean, I was just making band layouts for my bands and (laughs) make, you know, like making flyers for shows that I was playing and things like that. So, and uh, you just kind of just, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And running, uh, running the surf shop, I think I I do it constantly because I'm like making flyers and and things for for that. And, you know, so when you're doing it from a business standpoint, i mean essentially that's what a band is it's a business uh so i just treated it like that and um i'm pretty good at copying other people so i will, <laughs> if i see something that that looks <laughs> awesome i'll take a screenshot of it and I'll, I'll i'll kind of put my own spin on things and definitely with like the press kit thing that i you know i sent you i definitely got a lot of help from other people like things that i knew that worked for successful more successful bands in our our scene um like this band Frontside helped me out a ton just kind of letting me know kind of what worked for them and um you know I'll take advice from anyone so for graphic design it was always just kind of just doing it myself um and uh just kind of self-teaching along the way you know I'm still not perfect I bet you're way faster (laughs) I, I'm pretty slow when it comes to certain things, but I'm, I'm better than I was in, in to, uh, when I was 16 years old. So that's, that's no, yeah, the, yeah. The graphics
0: are definitely like great. Um, yeah, I would think that you do that full time and kind of hearing your perspective on doing it at the surf shop, it makes sense. Like I can yeah. see you doing that pretty often, but uh, yeah, uh, I guess specifically on video. Although the two are like pretty similar, like visual, um, avenues video is like a whole different world and like, cause there's so much to think about cause you're thinking about the visual obviously, but then there's audio along with it. And yeah. then you have to, you know, create a storyboard and then you have to shoot these specific shots that you have in your mind yeah. and then aligning like the camera and then figuring out lighting. And like, there's so much that like, goes into it that. I don't think people, you know, really think about or notice just cause we watch TV and watch movies and we just yeah. see it if you're kind of naive into you know the whole world behind video um so that is just like I was just like impressed about like with the video, and i i mean how did that how did that go for you? Was it like pretty frustrating, or like did you have an idea
1: of like already? yeah, I mean, so I have done video stuff with the surf shop, but only like Instagram clips and you know this and that but enough to get familiar with um Final Cut Pro with uh just editing software and um for one of my metal bands I did a music video for the first time and it worked out pretty good you know like I bought some cheap lights from Amazon and I got a smoke machine and like you know some stuff to make <coughs> make the atmosphere and uh I was very surprised at how easy it came to me and like i mean when i was a kid like a lot of kids in the 90s we would make home movies with a you know camcorder and yeah. i always had that kind of like vision for like things and loving movies and and cinema and stuff like i just really i guess grew to have an eye for for things like that like um and we did a we shot the clean break video for 13th <clears throat> i i did that one too and that one even went even better than the um than the, the metal band one, and um I don't have that much I don't have that great of gear I just kind of just do things um play to my own strengths kind of thing you know just don't push myself too hard you know like if it's day daylight outside shoot in the daytime and just get <clears throat> get the best takes that I can and uh, it really wasn't that much of a headache for for the lush video nice.
0: yeah yeah because with the with video um I've had like projects in school and I've like sometimes it goes like totally fine but I've just had those experiences where like it doesn't go that fine um and like for example shooting um you know say you start at like I don't know 1 or 2 p.m uh, and you're yeah. shooting until like five or something, there's going to be obvious like change in the lighting <laughs> and yeah. like, um, or like having to go back a second day, um, you know, kind of like things that you come across that you probably didn't prepare for. If you're not, you know, uh, if you don't do this all the time, those yeah. types of things are like the things that would annoy me. I'm like, Oh, it doesn't look right when I'm like editing. and like have to like kind of change it in post a little bit, but it's just like extra work that, you know, could have been avoided. Um, So things like that is like kind of what I thought like maybe you would have experienced and shooting the music video. Um, Because on top of that, you have to like line up the audio to make sure that everyone's like played along with it. So I know it can be a challenge.
1: Yeah, for for Lush. So we shot the uh, all the B-roll, like the daytime footage with me and uh, my the the person in the scene. It's my coworker, Finn he just has that kind of nirvana look. And I'm like, Hey Finn, you want to roll down to the Wrightsville beach and just walk around me real quick. And like, we, so we, we shot that, I think in January. Um, and it was just, we got a good day. It was just good lighting outside. And we just kind of walked around a bunch of places near Wilmington and, you know, skated around, had the sign and just kind of got the storyline, uh, finished up with him kind of like, marking his eyes off and like just kind of yeah. like pulling the flyers down and stuff like that and uh, the rest of it was shot in Raleigh um, on Super Bowl Sunday mm-hmm. and it was cold as hell out there and we were out there a while. We were behind where my drummer works at so we were behind a res- behind a restaurant during work hours it was like 12 o'clock in the day and there's a library. <laughs> to the side of us and there's like a window and these this little kids that like, keep walking up and looking at us in the window. We got a drum set set up out there in the in the parking in the back parking lot. And um there was no power back there either. So like we we had um a car pulled up right behind off screen and just blasting the music. Um so like that was kind of sketchy. I was like we're we're not gonna be able to get this done. <laughs> yeah. And um we had kind of some the drums were kind of like gimmicked with these uh these pads or these these tom uh like the covers like the heads were they look like real heads, but they are kind of fake, yeah. um like practice pads almost but yeah. they're they, they are heads, so like the drums weren't that loud, but even with just a little bit of tingy sounds, you could not hear the drums at all like uh he couldn't keep time um to his own you know his own click basically yeah. and we kind of just had to do everything split up you know and uh yeah it storyboarded kind of what i wanted and we actually i took a lot of kind of visual cues from uh, a citizen music video just kind of how how okay there's a drummer here and the voc- the the guitar player is kind of in the screen you can kind of see his hand so i just kind of like i I, okay, I drew the drew the drums and the guitar and kind of like took some screenshots I was like, okay that's a good starting point and um did everyone separate and then just kind of got a couple decent takes with me in the camera. Cause I, I was the one holding the camera for everything I'm not in the shot. Yeah. And, um, honestly, I'm glad it looks seamless because you never know when, when you, when the singer needs to be in the clip. So I kind of got lucky with the still, still frame. Like most of the video mm-hmm. of me is on, is on a stand okay. right on my face. And yeah. the movement is the people behind me, um, and you don't really see me moving that much, so we kind of looked out with it like that, you know what I mean,
0: yeah, no that that's kind of what I was interested in because I knew you probably have experienced something like that, like the yeah. car, for example, or like people in the outside like environment like affecting <laughs> what you're doing
1: <laughs> yeah, terrible. I mean, <laughs> and it was cold, and yeah, I don't know, some people like showed up on the side and they were just watching us you know yeah. i mean this is like in a pretty bougie part of raleigh it was like a cameron <laughs> village and it was people were just kind of watching me lip sync there i mean it was like uh, all right I, here i go yeah. um but at that point you're like you're there you only have a certain amount of daylight and you just gotta do it it's like well yeah if you don't do it now you're not gonna get it <laughs> so you can't be afraid you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and
0: for and for the artwork um <laughs> what was kind of the idea behind that or the concept and how, how, was how like communication with Ridge to like, get it the way that it is now?
1: Yeah, man. Ridge, uh, Ridge is, is crazy. Uh, so I hit him up and he was all on board with it. Everything was smooth. And then he like broke his arm skating or something. And so like <laughs> about a month went by where I didn't have any communication with him. And I like, I saw, I was like on Instagram, he was like having surgery on his hand. And I'm like, I don't know how he's gonna do this Photoshop, man. I was like, I should just, <laughs> I should just done this myself. And um, it turned out like, it turned out sweet though. I was excited with how it turned out. But initially, I sent him um, like a mood board of like some album arts. So I had like, I had Daylight Jar on there just cause I like the colors of that one. And then I had like the Promise Ring had a Braid record. Um, what else did I have? Uh, I think it, maybe a Texas, in, uh, Texas is the reason, but just just some, uh, I really like that kind of overlappy um, design, okay. uh, where, it's, where there's kind of a picture here, but the picture's kind of yeah. uh, flapping over. And um, I just kind of had a, you know, this is kind of what I want. I just kind of want nostalgia. I want kind of that, I want you to look at it and kind of feel that 90s and 2000s kind of emotion um and i think he nailed it um i think initially yeah. the, the colors that he had were a little different like the font was black and it didn't really pop on the on the thing and i think it was like a might have been a purple too like the, the, the colors were totally different and i oh, wow. just kind of i kind of hopped into photoshop and just started slicing sections out because i didn't have the layers yeah. and uh just found colors that i liked and it was like hey can you change it to this and he was like yep and then it was like that's it man because i really yeah. liked the uh the little guy like the the boy kind of pointing yeah, and the, yeah. The, the, with the dog Like that seemed like a memory mm-hmm. um you know kind of like a picture of a memory so i that was a knit that was, i got you, you nailed it with the nostalgia that's exactly yeah. what i want and um you you don't really think about it but as soon as i kind of put it on a SoundCloud with the songs and the album art and saw it yeah. kind of in there. I was like, wow, okay, this is, yeah, this is awesome. This, this yeah. looks perfect. Um, but it, you never know what it's going to end up you know, being like until you, the finished product is there.
0: Yeah. I mean, album artwork is always kind of interesting where it can go very easily or mm-hmm. you kind of have like a lot of like back and forth and like trying to figure out how <laughs> it should look because it's literally representing a whole, you know yeah. piece of music you know it can be going from one song to like 12 songs or you know <laughs> you have one image to kind of represent um all of that and obviously you have the layout if you're doing a physical uh, album but you know yeah. the front cover is what most people are going to see um and so i mean a lot of time and consideration goes into that but when i saw the album art i was like very impressed because yes like the colors of the photos uh, it's cool, but like the composition of it, like where the type placement is and like you have that, um, there's like a white strip, um, in the middle and there's like another photo, um, yeah. overlaying. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I think Rich did a, a great job, um, composition wise or with it because, you know, giving someone an idea of like two photos need to overlap they can overlap a and b or like c and d <laughs> like yeah. over and like and over and over um so like the way it's positioned with the texas and everything it like works great um and it's interesting it's not just like you know okay horizontal photo horizontal photo text <laughs> in the center like yeah. you know what i mean
1: it's always kind of random when you design stuff because like i've done all the 13th album arts and stuff too and the clean yeah. break uh the clean break single art is very similar it's it's overlapping. Yeah. but i was ripping off a ice cube um album art so like i kind of i saw again it was the 90s so like i just kind of went with that but um we got kind of lucky with the ridge thing because uh and it wasn't like planned or anything because i had already hit him up like in december or something and after that he, the all under heaven thing came out and i think he did the art for that i was like okay yeah like i think Johnson is going to like this thing because it's going to look like it already is on the, on the <laughs> roster. It's like, he's, he's gotta love it. Like, it's a home run. Like, okay. Like as long as yeah. the songs don't suck, I think, I think we're good. I think we might have this thing. So I was
0: Yeah. Trying. And the, the colors are really great. Like the complimentary colors as well. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a really cool artwork. I really, I really like it. And yeah. It's it fits. Nickelodeon
1: though, you know, like get the orange. Uh, <laughs> The orange tape really sealed the deal with the '90s, cause of the, the old, those old Nickelodeon VHSs. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna find. I've got. I've got a bunch of old movies, but I don't think I have. I. Uh, I don't think I have one that's orange. <laughs> I think I had a copy of Snow Day. Um, remember that movie, Snow Day? Yeah. And I feel like I've got it somewhere in a box, <laughs> and I'm gonna. I'll take one of those pictures with the orange cassette and the. Uh, <laughs> and then Snow Day, if I can find it. Yeah.
0: Pressure. Yeah. I think I have one as well. I forgot which, which tape it is, but yeah. Um, or it might it might be Monsters Inc. that I'm thinking of. They have like a, it's a blue cassette or like a DHS. That'd be but sick, yeah, I, I used to have the Nickelodeon ones. Um, they're all orange, yeah. like the, the Rugrat stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's classic. Um, <laughs> but I think we can uh, kind of wrap it up <laughs> with two questions focusing on music um so first question specifically focusing on north carolina because i would say north carolina is kind of popping right now and it's it's exciting to watch from over here um but i mean what north carolina band should people be checking out right now and then on the other side like just in general what music are you listening to
1: yeah you just need to move down here i think that's it man just hop on <laughs> over. <laughs> it, it, it does feel like it's popping off. Um yeah. I don't know. I mean, so <clears throat> even like five years ago, it felt kind of like hardcore was kind of um hard to kind of break through. Um, there was a, a, a core bands and if you didn't know the right people, you really didn't get the shot you might have deserved. And <laughs> sometime around the time 13th started playing shows that kind of changed. Um, a lot of the older bands kind of just like faded out and a new crop of bands kind (coughs) of, kind of came to the surface. And, um, so like all the bands that are like kind of (coughs) thirteenth, sorry, (coughs) got the the worst tickle in my throat right now. Um, (laughs) the, a lot of the 13th bands, uh, fading signal, um, uh, no longer at ease, uh, sold to keep, um, just all these bands eyes wide shut, which is the, is cam from 13th. He's in that too. And sparing. Um, so a lot of the, a lot of the members are kind of just mixing the matches, but, but the cool thing about, uh, about the North Carolina scene right now is everyone is supportive of each other. And it's never really been like that. Um, and it might've been a long time ago, but it definitely went through a kind of a dark period where no one was really putting on for each other. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know why, but like, so like now you'll have, as long as you're like a cool person and you're not, you know, sketchy and you make good music, everyone's putting on for each other and supporting each other. Yeah. And it's really cool to see like, no matter what genre you are, you know, um, like sparing got accepted immediately. And, um, and ba- there's a band, uh, nuclear desolation. They're very like headbangy, cannibal corpse, kind of like tech death, whatever. And same, they're just like, they're not hardcore, but they're like accepted and people love it. And, And that's, that's awesome to me. So like, there's, there's just a better sense of community and even like post post COVID era, um, or first wave of COVID, who knows what's going on. But, uh, it's, uh, it's cool to see people just like helping each other out, sharing each other's stuff, not being afraid of, 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 you know, supporting someone else, you know, like why, why not, why not be supportive of someone that's younger than you putting out something cool. You know what I mean? Even if you didn't write it, you know, it's just like, or it's something you don't really listen to that often. Um, it's only good for the community, and sparing's kind of in a cool little niche because there's a huge college like indie rock scene in uh, in North Carolina. There's like a big festival called Hopscotch, and there's always been that kind of genres, and like we're kind of being able to cross over into both worlds. We can kind of be in the hardcore scene, we can be in the um, the indie rock scene. And bridge the gap for that too, so I just see like a cool uh a cool future for for that going forward and I hope to meet more people outside of hardcore and and make yeah. more connections that way so I'm looking forward to playing shows and stuff because hopefully I can network a little bit better um another band that's on uh that is like not a hardcore band um but they record with jose uh, as well they band called Weymouth, uh Weymouth and um they're awesome. Just good guys. I mean, they've been in the scene for a long time and they're writing um, really catchy kind of poppy indie rock. And uh, so definitely check out those guys too.
0: Yeah. I mean, just saying that, uh, y'all's first show just got announced recently I was like at the lineup and it's just so yeah. like stacked. Like <laughs> it's, uh, so it's, uh, Koyo, blind, uh, Sparing and Holy Figures and Fake Eyes. Yeah,
1: that's it. That's just
0: like
1: amazing lineup right there yeah. already. Like, I don't even know how we got on this. <laughs> I, I had no connection with the booking, but uh, yeah. so Bloody Loud is a hardcore uh, mostly promoter. I think um, the vocalist of Insanity is is the is the guy that runs it, uh, James. Mm-hmm. So he's he's always been really good to Thirteenth, and I think that's how we had the connection. And I was like. As soon as I kind of kind of got word that that's going to be the first show, I was like, "This is exactly the people that I want yeah. to listen to." Sparing. <laughs> it was like Fake Eyes kind of has a good following in Charlotte. Holy Figures, I think this might be their first show too, but they had the the New Morality Zine um, connection, so I was mm-hmm. like, instantly, that's going to be awesome. And um, it just seems like a an awesome an awesome time. Like with good bands, that are not all the same. Like there's kind of like different yeah, sounds, very different different but like yeah. all very similar at the same time yeah so that's gonna mm-hmm. be a really fun show to kind of um see what north carolina has you know on the table yeah i wish i could be there <laughs> but w- w- when
0: is that When's, it What's it's day is, if people can go check it out
1: yeah it is september 21st and it is in greensboro now at uh, i think it's a house show i think it's a garage show now oh so, sick it's gonna be kind of sweaty and you know, <laughs> hot. So luckily it's like late September. So maybe we can rock a flannel and and <laughs> not sweat our <laughs> sweater butts off, but I guess yeah. we'll find out. But uh, yeah, it was gonna be at this other spot, but it got switched over. So shorter drive for most people. I think Greensboro is pretty close to it's about an hour from Raleigh and um, an hour from Winston. So if you're in the area, come
0: check it out. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And the house shows gonna be even cooler. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm I'm a little nervous. I mean, this will be the first <laughs> time I've like done uh this style of singing on stage, you know, quote unquote stage, yeah. garage floor, uh <laughs> in my life. You know, I I've done like a hardcore front man type of deal in the past. So I'm I'm used to being, you know, all eyes on me, but it's been a while and I hope I, you know, yeah. I hope my voice is gonna hold up. I guess we find out. I, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's nervous.
1: It's pretty vulnerable, you know, like when you're singing. Yeah, it's different than than yelling. Yeah. You're, or you're being singing. behind like a
0: guitar or like yeah, you know, drum kit, or whatever.
1: Yeah, so I hope people are, are into it, and uh, you know, take me, uh, you know, be be light on me, be easy on me. Uh, <laughs> it'll be my first time, so we'll, we'll, we'll see if it's good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it will. It's it's gonna be a really cool show. Uh, there's a lot yeah.
0: of I love that it's like a mixed bill um also because yeah. you get a little bit of everything. But a lot of the kids playing the music are I would say primarily exist in hardcore as well.
1: Yeah. Um uh, fake House is, has like, cool. Magnitude uh is fake yeah. house connection and then uh the holy figures guys, they've been in hardcore bands all up the uh you know, east coast as well. So yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. For sure.
0: And lastly, just like any other um, music you've been listening to or any other things that people, that you can like recommend to people to check out.
1: Yeah. Um, The last thing I listened to, which I was cutting the grass and I had some headphones on, was uh, The Police, which is like the 70s band. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Man, that record slaps. If you haven't gone back, go back. (laughs) 1979 uh the one with the Roxanne on it that the snare is really really good (laughs) it's it's really popping but other than that um I've been listening I've been digging back into the Deep Elm uh records discography yeah um so like Appleseed cast stuff but uh I've been really jamming this Bitten Falls band um i had never heard of them before and and Deep Elm I follow on the sparing uh, page and they were Saying twentieth anniversary of this Benton Falls record, so oh, I okay. it on, <laughs> and it's yeah, amazing. for
0: for those who don't know, I would <laughs> say Deep Elm is also one of those labels that are like that should be talked about more. Um, yeah. But they are an older like two thousands, like they probably started in the nineties, I'm sure. But they were yeah. really big. I would say most people know them from their their emo compilations that they would do. Uh, yeah. Jimmy World was on the first volume, I believe. Uh, Movie Life is like on the second or first. but Anyway, definitely check them out and you'll discover a lot of like like bands that you ne- probably wouldn't have heard of otherwise. Um, and it's kind of like a treasure <laughs> box like uh, when you first discover them. Like I, uh, I mean, Appleseed Cast, yes, that's probably like the biggest um, band or most notable from that label. But I recently started listening to uh, Cross My Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I also recommend checking them out. Um they sound like uh Texas is the reason. Um you know uh late 90s like or even like Kill Holiday is probably another uh good reference. Um anyway. But yeah, that people should definitely check that label out.
1: Yeah. I think there's like 12 um emo diaries comments yeah. and it is like slam full of awesome stuff. Um that was like what I've been on shuffle now. That's a lot of material to get through. So like, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. And I'm pretty bad about listening or knowing that discographies exist, but not like going down the line, like from the beginning to end. And that's something I've been trying to do more this year. I've listened to a lot more music this year, probably because of sparing. I just been like more like involved with, with local music and like digging back into the old stuff. But yeah, deep Elm is kind of like where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, but i definitely i kind of see i see sparing kind of taking a lot of influence from bands like that and you know kind of morphing our own sound into um into them as well because they're not far off from like uh, early november Uh, like benton falls is very stripped back guitars um the singing is pretty pretty light but there's there's certain parts of the songs where you can hear the guy just like yell in the background on the background mic. And you're like, man, you start feeling it. And they they go into like a really breakdowny groove, but it's like the guitars are super clean, and mm-hmm. it's like it, it's kind of off putting at first. But then you're like, man, this is really, really good. Yeah. And uh, if I can kind of dial into that uh, for the next pairing stuff, I think I'm going to be kind of like on the right track.
0: Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's those compilations are so cool. I. Started Music for November, the Sunday Drive compilation. Yeah. Because of those. Okay. Um, kind of like see that. it in the artwork. <laughs> yeah. <then>. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I see it for sure.
0: Yeah, I kind of combined that with, like, I found a Factory Records comp as well. So I, like, okay. meshed the two together. So they <laughs> kind of have both styles.
1: Um, I, th- I think yeah. the first, like, Sunday Drive thing I heard wasn't a, a November, uh Music for November. Yeah. Um, that was definitely the first time I heard, because uh, I, I tossed it on and I heard... Um, photographic memory. And that was the yeah. first one that like stood out to me. I was like, wow, this, this song's real, really, really good. And, yeah. um, and then like not long after the full, his full length came out and mm-hmm. probably my favorite thing from this year still like yeah, the entire, so entire year. It's like <laughs> so good. And um, there's so many good songs on those, uh, on those compilations. So yeah, your, your music, you've always been so good at like curating <laughs> like good bands, like even Digging back into Thank like the, the whole discography of Sunday yeah. Drive, everything is amazing. Like you didn't think <laughs> there's one bad record on the whole discography. And that's pretty tough to do, you know, especially from like a when you were still in college. Yeah. Right, yeah. School and doing all that. So like I, I don't know how you did it, but you pulled it off. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that means a lot. I, I have always had like this very particular ear
0: for the type of music I like. Yeah. Um, and it just all kind of came along naturally and it worked so it's mm-hmm. it's cool to you know i i do that as well like go back and listen to like our whole discography um and it's always fun to do because so I, I remember like what was going on at that time yeah. um or like working on that
1: release and stuff so yeah it's, it's cool <laughs> you can definitely hear the arrows though you know like there's, yeah. <laughs> there's like bands that kind of sound like balance or sound like um title fight or something like that and then you can kind of tell like okay i know what he was listening to at this time because this is yeah. like, the sound he was going for and then you know like you'll go through like a hardcore phase like every band's a hardcore release i'm like wow you must be big big into some, <laughs> heavy stuff in this year so it's always yeah. cool to like look back uh but after i after i know you it's funnier to see kind of the progression of where how the label's going but yeah in a, good, in a good way
0: yeah it's always kind of been all over the place from the beginning, I would say. It's always kind of been a mixed bag, but I've just always enjoyed um, mixed lineups or like mixed bills, Like the shows that I would play when I was a kid, that was like a constant thing that would happen. Um, And I always thought it was really cool because it allows you to meet, you know, people, different people that you wouldn't have like at a straight up like hardcore show or like a straight up pop punk show. When you start like overlapping those worlds, um, I, I think it creates a stronger scene, uh, and community, um, to kind of break those barriers down. And you look back in time, you know, that was happening all over the place in the nineties. And like, Mm -hmm. uh, I, that was, that's probably like my personal favorite type of music. Um, because like in the post hardcore era and like slash emo boom in like the late mid to late nineties, um, you see like a lot of crossover there and like with, uh, with all those shows. So yeah anyway <laughs> uh i think i think it's really important for a lot of diversity um yeah and this umbrella of alternative music
1: yeah for sure i think that's why i'm excited that sparing can kind of uh have a foot in both doors um yeah because yeah it's it's only a, a positive for the community as a whole so i definitely definitely understand that
0: yeah for sure i mean is there uh yeah i think that's about it but i want to give you opportunity to I don't know if you want to share anything else or push anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah, thanks for having me on the chat. Uh, I mean, going like with the um, as far back as like the studio for, for sparing, like I kind of had Sunday drive in my brain. Like, I don't know why, but I definitely like had like this vision of like, okay, this could be on that. And like, even from the beginning we were, me and Jose were talking. I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to send this to a couple labels and like one Mm here Sunday drive. This one's going to be one. And we, we, we pulled up, you know, anxious arms and we pulled up some other bands that sounded like that. I was like, this is, this is what he's got going. (laughs) Yeah. Can we, can we pull something off like this sonically? He's like, yeah, we can do this. So so (laughs) even in the studio, I had my, my Sunday drive hoodie. So I was just super stoked that, um, that you liked it and gave it a shot and kind of, Believed in it, um, so I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure, it, it really does help out a lot. Cause you know, I never, I, I, I listened back to the Numerality podcast with Nick and uh, and you, the first, I guess, the first episode of this, and mm-hmm. everything that y'all said just kind of resonated with what I thought sparing could be, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay. I'm going to send it out. And if I don't hear anything back in a month, I'm going to put it out. Cause you know, you guys were like, you know, if you're, if you're DIY, don't be afraid to just do it yourself and, you know, be afraid to fail and put yourself, put, put on for yourself. So I I, I was going to, it was going to be out one way or the other, but I definitely have seen a better like reach and um, push just with uh, Sunday drive attached. So I can't thank you enough for that. Um, but yeah you can follow the band yeah you can follow the band on sparing i think it's at sparing band on everything instagram and twitter um give us some uh some twitter love because we got a couple followers (laughs) not too many (laughs) yeah
0: i know instagram's the kind of the main one right now
1: yeah that's it yeah facebook is no no one really on there but uh, (laughs) twitter like but there's a lot of people that are tagging us on twitter like the blogs and stuff so like i gotta have one for that but you know it is what it is yeah,
0: I mean, I also want to say thank you to everyone who's listened and um, to the sparing release and every, also everyone who has written about it, because yeah. we have had uh, more people than usual, I would say, um, like write about the album, which always is like super meaningful to me because I know how time consuming that can be. Yeah. Um, so anytime I see that, re- you know, related to one of the albums that we we worked on, um, it's always very meaningful. So. Shout out like resonating, you no know, echo, new noise. Like yeah. I'm sure there's like plenty more, but those are like the ones that are coming in my uh a version online. Um, yeah. So thank you for everyone who's listening and shared. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, every everyone that's done good, um, it, it, I mean, it means a lot. Like I never expect one person to to write about it. And then like, right. you know, yeah. like Brooklyn Vegan was was adding us in there with like some crazy names. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right, but like it feels, <laughs> it feels good to be like included, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it just kind of, it just humbles, you know, humbled me, um, to put out the, put out the music and work, and work harder for whatever comes next. So yeah. yeah, definitely. Thank you for, for anyone that wrote about uh, old dreams. It means a lot. Yeah. So
0: thank you all everyone for listening. I'm excited to hear, you know, more music from sparing, but in the meantime, keep an eye out for any shows happening soon. Hopefully y'all can see them, uh, yeah. live. Awesome. All right. Thank you.